Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am very excited, like I always am, to share God's Word. And what a privilege it is for us to have the Word of God uh, speaking into our hearts, speaking into our lives, speaking into our situations. I want to encourage you, um, as we literally are uh, on level three and moving out of this lockdown experience, that we do not forget some of the lessons that we've learned during the lockdown. And one of the lessons we've learned is the fact that God's Word never changes. God's Word is an encouragement for us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, in a moment, pray and ask God to bless the Word as we get into it. And I want you today to, to just, just get all, rid of all the distractions, get rid of all the different voices out there, and maybe turn the news off for a while, and let's focus on His kingdom. Let's focus on the kingdom of God. You know what I love about the kingdom of God? There's no sickness there. There's no coronavirus there. There's no poverty there. And we are supposed to pray, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Come on, church, we're going to pray that as we get into God's word right now. And let's believe that the Holy Spirit himself, not a man, but the Holy Spirit himself will speak to us. You ready? Come on, let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we prepare our hearts. Lord, we open up our spiritual ears. Lord, today we, we pray, open up our spiritual eyes. And Lord, we'll be able to hear and see what you want us to hear and see today. I pray for a kingdom perspective. I pray, Lord, we will change our view today. We will not be looking uh, from, from earth up. We're going to look from heaven down. We're going to get your perspective. We're going to get your view as we enter into God's word now. I thank you that, Lord, you're going to speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we open up our hearts. We open up everything we have to you today. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Let's get into God's word. So while I'm preaching, please get involved. When I say something that the Holy Spirit just uh, speaks in your heart, press the heart, the heart button on your right-hand side, or put a comment there. But let's get involved in the sermon. Let's get excited. Let's spur each other on to do great things for Jesus. Amen. Come on. So here's the question. Here's the title of the message, if I can put it this way. What do we do... Uh, when we face the storms of life, the storms of life. Now, have you ever been in a severe thunderstorm or a tornado or a hurricane? I don't know. Um, have you ever been in that situation? Can you remember how you felt in those times? Now, I come from Durban. Uh, for some of you who didn't know that, I come from Durban. I know we call this the Cape of Storms because there's huge winds here and it rains and it's cold and all that type of stuff. But in Durban, just like in certain parts of Gauteng, we have what you call real storms. I'm talking about thunder, lightning, when the, the earth actually shakes. I tell you what, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but I remember as a young boy, and uh, the reason why I'm sharing this story about a young boy because this memory came back to me. Uh, us as a family watched this movie called The Perfect Storm. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. Great movie to watch. But here's the thing. I remember as a little boy, we lived in a wooden iron house. And we, uh, like I said, in Durban, especially in summer, you get thunderstorms almost like every single day. But on this particular day, there was a severe thunderstorm. I'm talking about every single time the, 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 there would be thunder, the whole, the whole house would begin to shake. 
and, and in that house, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we were in this house as a family, and all of a sudden, lightning struck. It actually hit our house. Now, I can tell you what, I have that memory. It's engraved in my mind because the sound was loud. I'm talking about it was the loudest sound I've ever heard. There was this blue mist that suddenly just covered the whole house. I remember the feelings of fear. I remember uh, us as a family literally just grabbing things, and we ran out into the garage, got into the car, because we had no idea what had just happened. But one thing I do remember, and this is one thing that I want to uh, draw our attention to, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of everything going wrong, just like we did as a family when I was a little boy, when a serious storm comes up, we're always looking for a, listen to this, safe place. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in a volatile situation, or you've been in a situation where it's outside of your control, what's the first thing that we want to do? We want to find a safe place. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got good news for you today. No matter what you're facing in your finances, no matter what you're facing in your health, no matter what you're facing in your marriage, no matter what you're facing uh, in terms of giants attacking you today, I want you to know something. We have a safe place, and His name is Jesus Christ. He is our strong tower. He is a place where we can run into and feel safe because Jesus Christ is the conqueror. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. There is nothing impossible for Him. So in the midst of a storm, when we look for a safe place, our safe place today is Jesus Christ, the one and only King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Ladies and gentlemen, Psalm 46, uh, getting to God's Word, says this, God is our safe place and our strength. He is always our help when we're in trouble so we will not be afraid even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the center of the sea and even if its waters go wild with storms and the mountains shake with its actions God is still our safe place come on church we need to run to God in a moment of crisis so how would you react if you're on a boat and all of a sudden, you're hit with this serious storm, a violent storm that rises up. How would you react? Now, I'm going to, we're going to go through Scripture, and we're going to look at how a group of fishermen reacted, and we're going to look at how Jesus Christ reacted in the midst of the storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 37, in the Amplified Version, says this, And a furious storm of wind, a hurricane proportion, arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat, so that it was already becoming filled. Now, let's get the story right. Jesus uh, tells his disciples, we're going to cross the Sea of Galilee, and we're going to get to the other side. And in the midst of this, this trip, a violent storm hits them. The disciples were frightened. They were fearful. They were faithless, uh, faithless in terms of the midst of the storm. And they realized that this was too big for them. Have you ever been in that place before? When you realize something is just too big for you. Come on. When we, well, I, mean, I mean, all of us have experienced that. If you just look at this coronavirus, the lockdown, we're in a situation, let's be honest, it's too big for us. What did the disciples do? We want to look at some key things in what they did in the boat and what, more importantly, what Jesus did in the boat as an example for what we should be doing when we're in the midst of something that is too big for us. When something's too big for us, when the storms of life hits us, when trouble is headed our way, always, here's point one, always do what Jesus did. 
Now, you know, you know, I love that point because everyone will go like, yes, amen. Yeah, that's right. Come on, Jess, pastor, that's a good point. I mean, we got these bracelets that we wear, WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's a great saying. It's a great thing to have. It's a great thought to have. But ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem with that. It might be a great thought. It might be a great idea. It might be a great quote. But here is the problem. The problem is the church does not always do what Jesus did. We might say, Lou, what Jesus did, but we don't always do what he did. And that is the major problem. You see, when storms of life rise up, we need to be just like Jesus. And we need to seek peace. When troubles come your way, do you have sleepless nights? Maybe you, you can't sleep at night. You turn from this side to the other side. Maybe you, you fill your mind with worry. Do, do, when we read the scripture, and I'm going to challenge you to read this whole portion of scripture, do we find Jesus in the midst of a storm pacing up and down going, like, I don't know what to do. Oh my word, I have no idea how we're going to get to the other side. Oh, I don't know what to do. Disciples, go, would you pray to the Father for me because I don't know what to do. We don't see Jesus doing that. But what we do as human beings, and it's almost like a natural default, and listen, this is no judgment because we've all been there. Our natural default is to go to this thing called what? Worry. Oh, have you heard that word before? Worry. Corey Ten Broom said this about worrying. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying literally two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. You know why we are under so much stress? Because we're literally not just carrying the worries of today, we also carry the worries of tomorrow. And that stress weighs down. That strength slows your, your progress in terms of moving on. Max Lucado said this about worry. Become a worry slapper. Listen, I love this. Become a worry slapper. Treat frets. Treat worries like you do with mosquitoes. Do, not, do you procrastinate when a mosquito is sucking the blood, the life out of you? No, you don't. Of course you don't. You give that little critter a slap. You get rid of it. As soon as that, the mosquito lands on you and starts to suck life out of you, what you do? You destroy it. We should be equally the same when it comes to worry. Many people, ladies and gentlemen, you can go on the internet, you can go to Google. Many people give you great advice in terms of how to handle worries and problems. But I want to say today, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say when it comes to worry? Because here's the thing, we all have our worries. We all have those moments where life becomes too big for us. I don't care how spiritual you are, how long you've been on this earth for, every single one of us, as times in our lives, we get to this place where we just like those disciples. We're on the boat. The storm is too big for us. We don't know what to do. We've got to look to Jesus as an example. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you'll eat or what you'll drink nor about the your body what you'll put on it in terms of clothes it's is not life more than food and the body more than just clothing look at the birds of the air neither do they sow or do they reap or gather into barns and yet your heavenly father your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they are which of you, by being anxious, listen to these words now, can add a single hour to his span of life? 
Which of you, by worrying, by, by not being able to sleep at night, by, by pacing up and down, can add a single hour to your life? Listen to what the Bible's saying. I love that word, add. Think about this. The only thing that worry can do is actually the opposite to what faith can do. You see, worry, it takes away. Worry has a minus sign. Worry will rob you of life. Worry will destroy your life. Worry is the total opposite of faith. Why? Because you doubt God. And here's the thing, when we doubt God, we receive nothing from God. Faith is what moves God. Ladies and gentlemen, worry will only take your life from you. The reality is today, I'm challenging you in the midst of worry, in the midst of the storms, in the midst of everything going wrong. Can we be like Jesus and seek after peace? Why? Because we have a God that is on the boat with us. You see, in Mark chapter 4 verse 38, the New King James Bible says this, but he was in the stern. This is where Jesus was, in the midst of the storm. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And then they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now think about this for a moment. <clears throat> do you not care that we're perishing? So the disciples had done exactly what Jesus told them to do. They shoved off from shore to cross to the other side. The storm came about so quickly that the disciples were swamped. Doesn't this sound familiar? Come on, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever been in this uh, position where we think we're doing the right things? We think we, we're actually obeying God, we, we're obeying His Word, we're paying our tithes, we're praying, we come to prayer meetings, we come to church service. We tend to think that when we do all these things, storms won't come. Yet the disciples did everything that Jesus wanted. Guess what? The storm still came. Now that takes us by surprise. Come on, let's be honest. I've been there and I know you have. Lord, I've done everything you want me to do and I'm still in the midst of the storm. You see, Jesus did not promise life would be rosy. He didn't promise that life would uh, never present storms to us. You see... Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. And I'm going to read from the message translation. I know a lot of people got a problem with the message translation. I don't, I don't see, I see it more as a commentary. So I want you to hear the commentary on God's word that I believe if you hear the truth, it's going to set someone free today. Okay, so listen to these words carefully. Matthew 6, 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the good news. When you're going through the storm, when you're going through a hardship, when you're going through a tough time, we have a God that is with us. I want you to hear me. Someone needs to hear this. People might have abandoned you. Your boss might have let you go. Uh, someone might have walked out on you. You might have a friend that lied to you and stole from you. I don't know what the scenario is. It's something that is so big that you cannot handle it. Here's the good news for someone here today. God is with you. You will get through to through the other side. I love uh, 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 Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth. In his diary, he wrote this, and this is for someone here today. This is his words that he wrote. He wrote this. We were sleeping one night when the manifestation of evil filled the room and the spirit of fear gripped both of us. Polly was so frightened she could not open up her eyes. 
I suddenly sat up in the bed and I saw, listen to this, I saw the devil himself. I rubbed my eyes to make sure it was him. And then I said, oh, it's only you. I then turned to Polly and told her to go back to sleep. It was nothing of consequence. And I laid my head back down and suddenly an overwhelming sense of peace and love filled the room and we had the most blessed sleep forever, for, like we've ever had. Now I wish for every single one of us that could be our attitude in the midst of the storm. That we open up our eyes, we rub our eyes to see exactly who it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to understand we have an enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good news for us is that Jesus Christ has already defeated the enemy on our behalf. All he does is simply lie to us, and we have the choice to either believe the lie or to reject the lie. I love what the Bible says, submit yourselves to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee like a dog with its tail between its legs. Here's the good news for someone here today. Even though you're in the storm, even though it's outside of your control, even though you don't know what to do and where to turn to, I've got good news for you today. The devil is defeated and Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you victory in the midst of the storm. Come on. If he told you to get to the other side, I've got good news for you. You will get to the other side because God is with you on the boat. Someone once said, safety consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Peace that Jesus gives us is not the absence of trouble, but rather it's the confidence that He is there in the midst of us. He's there in the midst of us. What would Jesus do in the midst of a coronavirus? I tell you what, He would be at peace. He would be at rest. Church, that's where we need to aim at being. Number two, He will always provide a way of escape. Come on. We, I, I want, someone here needs to hear this. And, I, and this is an important point. You see, we need to change our view of God. God is good. There's no evil in God. There's no, there is no uh, harshness with God. He is a loving Father. Yes, yes, He's harsh with evil. Yes, He's harsh with sin, but not His children. We've got to know something, that God loves us. He is with us. He will provide a way of escape. Mark chapter 4.35, Amplified Version says this, On the same day when evening had come, He said to them, Let us... Okay, okay. Now hold on, hold on now. Uh, those that, that uh, are, are you know, a little bit further away from us, maybe you're in England today listening, so, so I want you to hear this loud and clear. Every single person, listen to these words. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying... Let us, not just me, all of us, we are going to get to the other side. You see, this is what Jesus, when Jesus says something, he actually means it. For example, some of us, we've heard the words, I will save your family. Some of us have heard, I will provide for you. I will heal you. I will use you to preach the gospel. I will use your business to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. I will bring you a wife. I will bring you a husband. I will make sure that you are prosperous. I will make sure that your child comes to know Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden we hear those amazing words and we're like, yes, Jesus, thank you that you're going to do these great things. And what happens? A storm comes. What happens? Something tough comes. Something hard comes. And what do we all do just like the disciples did? The first thing we do is we question, oh God, do you really love me? 
God, you know, you promised and now look at my life. Oh God, you said you would do this. Now look what's happening. I don't know where. You know. And what happens is doubt creeps in. And all of a sudden we forget the promises. We forget the original word of Jesus Christ. I've got a good, someone, someone out there, you've got to hear this. God has promised you some good things. God has promised you some amazing things. And because of the storms of life, because things have gone wrong, you are doubting the promises. Listen, do not doubt Jesus Christ. Do not doubt God. His yes is yes and his no is no. If he's promised you big things, you've got to understand something. We've got to know something. We've got to, we've got to understand what, uh, what, it, what the world is like. You've got to understand what the kingdom is like. When Jesus said, let us go to the other side, do you think for one moment the enemy was happy with that plan? Do you think for one moment that the enemy is happy that your life is going to count for something? Are you, are you think the enemy is happy with the fact that you're going to be called into ministry and preach the gospel? Or do you think for one moment that he's happy that your business has been called to be a kingdom business, to be a blessing to the church so that people can go be hear the gospel all over the world? Do you think the enemy is happy with that? Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy will come up against you like a storm He'll come up against you like a flood. But I praise God that he will raise, God will raise up a standard against him. We've got to know something. The storms of life will come, but God will get us through to the other side. If Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed and crucified, come on, he most certainly knew that there was a storm about to happen in the Sea of Galilee. Let's think about that for a moment. And even if he didn't know, if some people say this, well, he didn't know, he obviously knew that God was with him. He obviously knew that God had sent him on a mission. The same way we know that God always has an answer for us. Since Jesus knew the storm was coming, do you really think he would put his disciples in a place where their lives would end? Do you really think that he would put them in a place where uh, they had no authority? Do you think he would really put them in a place where they would uh, uh, get to, uh, to, to be a mockery, to become a mockery for God's kingdom? What do I mean by mockery? Could you imagine if Jesus did this? Come on, guys. <clears throat> I heard from the Father, we're going to go to the other side. So get the ship ready, get the boat ready, we're going. And in the midst of the steam, the, the storm comes, and guess what? Everyone sinks and everyone drowns, and Jesus is like, ha ha, you guys didn't make it. I'm Jesus, I can walk in the water. Unlucky for you, you're at the bottom of the sea. Could you imagine what people would say about Jesus Christ? Could you imagine what people would say about his, his passion and love for the gospel and, and for people if he was happy with his disciples just drowned at the sea? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus knew. He had no doubt they were going to get to the other side. The only people that doubted were his disciples. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus has got no doubt about you. Come on. He's got no doubt about you. He's got no doubt about what he's going to do in your life. He's got no doubt about what he can do in your business. He's got no doubt what we can do in terms of your health, in terms of your marriage or your future husband, your future wife. Jesus has got no doubt. The thing is, we doubt. We've got to get back to the place of having faith again. Mark chapter 439 tells me something. It tells me the fact that Jesus Christ knew that that storm was from the enemy. It tells me the fact that Jesus had no, no fear uh, at all in terms of what the enemy could come and do against him and his disciples. You see how I know that? Because this is what it says. Mark chapter 4, 39. He awakened and rebuked. Listen to this. Listen to the words. He rebuked the wind and the sea. And then he used these words. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. No matter how great the temptation, no matter how great the storm, no matter how big the problem may be, God always provides a way of escape and His name will always be Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is the one 
who can speak to the sea. He's the one that can speak to the wind. Guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to get back to a place where Jesus speaks for us. The problem with me, with Ryan, is so often I want to take the place of Jesus. I want to handle the storm. I want to handle the big things. But you know what? There's time where we need to sit back and say, Jesus, you're in the boat. You have the power. You've got the authority. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you by such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will, with the temptation, always make a way of escape. Always make a way of escape. When you're facing the storms of life, Guess what? God is not wringing his hands and wondering, oh, angels, angels, come, come, angels. I don't know what to do. Look at that big storm. I don't know what to do. I, I'm, it's taking me by surprise. No, no, that's not God. Nothing takes him by surprise. You and I might be surprised. This whole corona outbreak has taken the world by surprise. But let's never doubt the fact that God is not surprised. God is still in control. And because God's in control, ladies and gentlemen, anyone listening to this message, whether it's today or whether it's on Monday, here's the thing. You've got to know something. God is still with you. He is the one that can calm the seas. I want to end off. I'm drawing this to a close now. And this next couple of points, this next points are, are very important. I want you to catch this. <clears throat> We're going to learn something about God. And I believe is going to set us free. We're going to learn something about God that as we, as we go into this last scripture, I promise you one thing. If we can catch this about God, no matter what storm you're going through today, when we pray at the end, you're going to have peace in your heart. Listen to this. In Numbers chapter 11, we read it where the children of Israel were hungry. And once again, like all people, they started whining and complaining. And guess who they complained against? God. We do the same. God, where are you? God, why are you not doing this? God, if you're good. God, if we do it all the time. And so were the children of Israel. But God heard them and told Moses how he's actually going to provide for them. So Numbers chapter 11, verse 19 to 20. I'm going to read this time from the New Living Translation. All right, so I've used a whole lot of different translations today, but it's fine. It's still God's word. Read in your translation. This is what it says. <clears throat> and it won't be... For just a day, this is how God's going to provide for them. Listen to this. It's not just going to be for a day or two, or for five or ten or even twenty. You will eat, you will eat it, meat, for a whole month until you gag and you're sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord who is among you, and you have whined to him, saying, Why did you ever leave Egypt? Now think about those words. You're not going to get fed just for one or two days. I'm going to feed you meat for a whole month. Now this miracle promise was so amazing that even Moses, who, who was faithful and, 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 and really trusted God for big things, in, in, in every instance, he even had a hard time believing God. Believe it or not, Moses like, uh, what? A what? Uh, whole month? In fact, here's, here's Moses' words in verse 21. There are 600,000 men alone, yet you promised them meat for a whole month. If we butcher all our flocks, now I'm going to teach you some here. This is Moses speaking. If we butcher all our flocks, it won't be enough. We would have to catch every fish in the ocean to actually fulfill your promise. 
So listen, listen here. Moses, great man of God, what's his default? He looks at what he has. Isn't that so like us? When we face the storm, when we face the trials of life, what do we do? We look at our own strength. God, if you've got to do something, I don't know how you're going to do it with this. I don't know how you're going to do it with my finance. I don't know how you're going to... It carries on. Numbers eleven twenty three. God's response to Moses is what I want to end off with. I want you to hear how God responds. I want you to hear how God is responding to our cries in the midst of this coronavirus. Numbers eleven twenty three, And Jehovah said to Moses, Has Jehovah's hand become short? The New Living Translation says this, The Lord said to Moses, When did I become weak? even though it sounded impossible. Even though what God had said, Moses looked at the resources and said, this can never happen. Perhaps you're in a place where you look around you and you're like, ah, oh, God, I don't know how the heck you're going to fix this. God, you, you, you don't know how bad it is in my family. You don't know how bad my bank account's looking. You don't know how bad it is in terms of the business world. God, you, no, let me tell you what God knows. Hasn't taken him by surprise. I told you, I want to end off with this point. Has God become weak? No, he hasn't. God is still all-powerful. God is still on the throne. And if God could make Moses a promise, if he could make Abraham a promise, if he could, if he could make uh, uh, the, uh, James a promise, if he could make his disciples a promise, if he could make Elijah a promise and keep those promises, ladies and gentlemen, he can keep the promises he made to you and to your family. So today, is God still strong? Is God's hand too short? No, it's not. God is still strong. He's still able to provide. So I want us to do something so special today. I know we're all facing problems. I know times are tough. I know it's hard. But here's the thing. Right there where you are today, let's remember that Jesus is on this boat. Jesus is with us in the midst of the storm. He has promised to never leave and never forsake. So I don't know where you are. I don't know where your faith level's at. But today, let's pray that the God in the midst of the storm will stand up and say, peace and be still. You ready? I'm going to pray for you right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's listening to this today. I pray in the name of Jesus, even as the storm looks fierce, as, as the wind is blowing and it looks impossible for us to get to the other side, may we remember that you promised, you said, you commanded... Take the boat, get this into the sea, because we are getting to the other side. I pray we remember your words. We remember your promises. We remember who you are. For someone out there today, I pray that you would be supernaturally just equipped, supernaturally inspired, supernaturally uh, that spirit of fear would leave you and you'd become a strong man or woman of faith. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your blessing. I bless you. I pray your favor. I just pray your peace over us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says a big, loud what? Come on. Amen. Blessings. 
Uh, on behalf of Tammy and myself, the leadership of the Full East Full Gospel Church, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being part of the service. Uh, I pray that you encourage. I pray that next week as we carry on with this message, you are going to be further inspired to overcome the storm that you're facing, to get to the side where God wants you to be. So blessing from us. Stay strong. Uh, make sure that you're always keeping your eyes on Jesus. We love you. We appreciate you and see you soon. Amen.